In the book of Psalms, it says, For my words are wise and my thoughts are filled with insight. See, God has insight and he has wisdom. In fact, wisdom is something that comes from heaven. There is a woman named Wisdom. And wisdom can give us revelation and can give us an understanding. So we can get downloads. We can actually get these these messages from the Father to help us to to guide somebody or to warn somebody or even to encourage somebody. But what do you do when you get a download and you don't know what to do with it? Well, my guest is Jay West. He's the pastor of Kingdom Encounter. He's an author of four incredible books. One of them is called Download from Heaven. And he has simple instructions to help you to decipher when you get a heavenly download and what to do with it. So welcome so much to Touch by Prayer, Jay. I am so, so honored to have you on the show. Well, it's great to be here, Lisa. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you know, I, I read your book, Downloads from Heaven, and it's what I, I really think is so cool is that you know, people all over are getting these downloads, especially lately. It seems like everybody has a download. If you go on Facebook, it just seems like thus saith the Lord has said this and thus saith the Lord has said that. And sometimes there are two different types of downloads. How do you, how did you kind of figure out like what was a godly download versus what was like kind of a person's download? Well, you know, for me, it started way back in, like, junior high school, um, and I didn't even know. I was in one of those churches. I was, I was raised Lutheran, okay? And in the Lutheran church, we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we don't, we don't, and uh, I'm, I'm one of those, like, in the book of Acts that didn't even really know there was a Holy Spirit, you know? And, and I would get impressions. I would get, this was before the Weather Channel and before cable and everything. I would get impressions that it was going to rain for two days. Or I would get impressions like, a certain friend of mine or a certain student at school wasn't going to be there for a day or two. And it would happen over and over and over, and I didn't know what it was. You know, I was like, I was naive. I was in junior high, early high school. I was in a, a good church, but not one that really encountered the Holy Spirit. And so it was a developing process to learn what this was all about. Okay. So as you started to learn in the Holy Spirit, or Holy Spirit started right. to, <laughs> started to teach you, like well for for me when I started to to get different, I would call them downloads. As I started to get them, I didn't know what to do with them. I seriously just I didn't know what to do, and I I thought half of it was from me, and and so I started right. to to listen to John Paul Jackson, and he was kind of the person who I. He was my go-to guy to start understanding about prophecy and about a prophetic word or a word of knowledge. Right. So, yeah. so, so the Holy Spirit was kind of showing you and giving. I didn't. I didn't have John Paul Jackson. I had a, you know, I actually preached at a church he planted out in Boston once. But the uh, the person I had uh, late in high school because I was working at a bank is I met this guy who came in every Monday morning and he was a pastor of a larger church in town. It was and it. The, Pastor's name was Merlin Carruthers, and he was spirit-filled, and he wrote a book called Prison of Praise, and then a whole bunch of other ones like it, and he began talking to me and sharing with me about the Holy Spirit, and my eyes got real big. I go, wow, I didn't know all these things could happen, you know, and I still wasn't even going to his church. I was just gradually learning, and, and actually, I started going to a Bible church that taught that, of course, these gifts don't even exist. So then, you, you know, as a young man, you begin to wonder, are you hearing from God? Are you hearing from your own mind? Are you hearing from the devil? Are you hearing from some other voice? 
you know, and so it took a while to discern. I'd, I like the phrase, I had to learn to discern. And finally, I met some friends down in Texas who really helped me understand what was going on. So, so now, you know, one of the things that I know that, that you've gotten some incredible downloads, especially in the political arena. I mean, right now, we're, we're going through this crazy, in fact, um, today is the day that they're going to, it's going to be decided who wins, who's going to be the president of the United States of America, which is such a, a, a huge thing. And there are all these different people, you know, there are some people who are saying it's going to be Clinton and some people are saying it's going to be Trump. But, you know, I believe that that there have been people who have gotten downloads about what they believe is the heart of the father. And so I know that you have also been given, you know, different downloads of people in politics. And how how do you go about going to a, a person who <laughs> may or may not believe and, and, and try to share the father's heart? Because you know it's the father's heart because you don't really want to go and share something that's from you, especially if it's somebody who is um, – I guess in the limelight, so to speak, or, or, you know, has a, a, a big responsibility. You don't want to look like, you know, here I am, right. you know, <laughs> but, um, but you well, feel that burden that you have to share. Right. And the doors for me open, uh, in a, in a different way because I was asked and appointed to be the Nebraska representative for the United States national prayer council. Cause I'm, I'm living here in Omaha, Nebraska. And, uh, Pastor Ted Rose, who's the assistant to Pastor Sammy Rodriguez, who oversees a lot of this Hispanic coalition of churches around the nation, asked me to be in this role. And so as it's been developing, I've, I've reached out to politicians and on both parties. I often say I'm a bipartisan intercessor. And um, I, I go and offer to pray, meet and pray with politicians. And frequently the Lord will give me a download or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom <clears throat> about certain uh, aspects uh, of that person's life or that person's uh, uh, political sw- persuasion and what they're doing in in their office that they're serving in, and so I just I have a I have a philosophy with words of knowledge that's different from prophecy. With words of knowledge, I would rather speak and be wrong than not speak and be wrong, and so I adhere to that pretty strong. And uh, you know, again, I'll say it again: I would rather speak and be wrong than not speak and be wrong because I used to not speak. And then other people would speak and say, I have the same thing that I had, and God would bring correction to me and say, I told you, I had it for you. You've got to have courage. You've got to step out of faith and just share it. So, Well, and but it's kind of scary, especially yeah. if you, you know, look, you, you were a Lutheran. Thank goodness that God sent, and th- that's how good our Father is. He sent somebody to, to teach you and to show you and to open your right. eyes into something right. that he was preparing you for. You know, right, and, and it was interesting because my wife and I served in a Lutheran church for 15 years, and that's actually— when I kiddingly said about the Holy Spirit, we didn't talk about Lutheran Church. In the Lutheran Church that we were at in Charleston, South Carolina, that's where we encountered the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and these gifts and things began to open up, and it was shortly after that we moved to Texas to another similar church. And so I had lots of people who actually were Lutheran in those days who understood these gifts and began to explain them to them and help me understand them, along with other teachers that then we began to encounter. And then we left the Lutheran Church in, I think, 1993 and have served independently since then. But it's, it's, it's a matter of just, um, it's hard to explain these. When I, when I'm, each, each situation is different. Sometimes I'll go to the Lord and I'll ask for a confirmation. Sometimes I ask for a scripture verse that confirms what I'm going to share. Sometimes the Lord just says, share it, because 
there's this narrow window of opportunity to share it. I don't have time to look it up on my phone or on my app or whatever. I don't have time to consult a, a good friend or whatever. And so I just I just go ahead and share it. And, and sometimes when I'm even a little bit hesitant, maybe I'll share with them what I just shared with the, your audience. I'd rather share it and be wrong than not share it and be wrong. And so, um, and then I said, if I'm wrong, the only person that looks bad is me. Right. But if, if I'm not wrong and I don't share it, and the, and the people need the help or they need the assistance or they need the answer or they need the solution, they don't get it. That's right. And, uh, and so you have that narrow window. Leonard Ravenhill had a quote. He said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. And sometimes that opportunity, that window of opportunity, is very, very short and very, very narrow. And you just have to take courage. And courage, you know, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You just take a risk. You step out in faith and you do it. And am I wrong? Yeah. Every once in a while, there's a, it's not right or the person says it doesn't apply to them or whatever. But the majority of the time it is. And so often it helps and brings people freedom in their lives. So it's a good thing. Well, I also think the way that sometimes you start out with a word of knowledge, you get one word, and as the person receives it or you realize, okay, that was good, then you get something else. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of flows. Like once you open up the faucet, like you'll get so much more revelation. But if you keep the the valve closed, you're not getting anything. You'll just get that one word where God might have wanted to expand on that one word. So like I I believe just like you that we – we actually, it, it's so important to share because what I always think about is, gosh, if somebody had a message to give me and they chose not to give it to me, I'd be pretty upset about it. Right. Well, you know, and it's different too. If I'm just praying, let's say with a politician, let's say I'm praying with a U.S. congressman or a governor or, or praying with a pastor, local pastors, or visiting with one person one-on-one, it's different than when you're in a church setting and you're going down a line and there's 200, 300, 400, sometimes 1,000 people waiting for prayer and every one of them wants a fresh word from God. And you can't rely on the pet scriptures you know, and you can't rely on what you just shared to the previous person because that doesn't make any sense to the next person. So you, and often when I'm going through a line, as I'm saying amen to the person I'm just praying for, I already am getting an impression for the next person. And um, if, if I don't have anything, I will just say, you know, I'm just, I'll get a scripture verse. I always ask the Lord for a scripture verse or something to be meaningful to pray over that person if I'm not getting a direct word. So that's kind of how I approach it. Well, and I think that that's nice too, because I would rather not say, I would not, I would rather not make something up just to make somebody feel good than right. to give them something. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. That, that's the hype. That's my new book I'm writing is, is Stop the Hype, Release the Power, because so many people do that. They just give a fake word or whatever. I had a, if you don't mind, I had a lady in Michigan a number of years ago and I had taught, on, I was at a church in Ann Arbor for nine days, and uh, happened to be a Lutheran church, by the way, um, and I was asked to come in and speak for nine days, and one of the nights we had designated each night as a different gift teaching or whatever, and I was teaching on prophecy and words of knowledge, and after the service, this lady came up to me, and she said, uh, I think you have a word for me, and I said, no, I, I don't have one, and she goes, yeah, I think you do, and I said, I don't have one, and she kept following me around for 30 minutes, I was greeting people, and there was some hors d'oeuvres, and there was some snacks, and she kept coming up to me, and I'm praying, I don't have anything for her, you know. And I, I turned to her several times. I said, I just don't have anything. I'm sorry. And she just kept pestering me almost and saying, I know you got a word for me. I know you got a word for me. So finally I asked God, I really need a word. I don't know what to do with this lady. And, and the Lord gave me a word. And, and, and he said, t- t- preface it by saying she's not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I told her, I said, you're not going to like this word. And she said, what is it? And God said, go home and read your Bible. He'll talk to you. But I don't have a word for you. <laughs> that's great. You know? That's so great. That's, what I, that's exactly what I told her. And she, was, she, just, she said, you're right. I don't like it. But, you know. 
well, I wasn't going to make something up. So, you know. You know, what's very interesting, Jay, is that somebody just recently started to talk to me about how some some people, because they, for lack of a better word, they don't want to, like this woman, to go and spend that quality time with the father. They don't right. want to have that intimacy. They don't want to build that relationship. So what they're doing is they're going, well, hey, Jay has a great relationship. I'm just going to go to him. Right. <laughs> and I'm just right. going to I'm just going to go and he's going to become my source as opposed to the father as opposed right. to the holy spirit so they actually unplug from the father and they like plug in to whoever has that prophetic word going and it's like when somebody started to explain that to me i was like wow how sad is that it, it's sort of like unplugging from like um from a grounded secure electrical fault and then and instead taking somebody who's been connected to a bunch of like uh, um uh what are they called um what are you know what i'm talking about like uh, um the 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 things that you use like for a christmas tree that you connect all the the tree um, oh, yeah, the the lights to. yeah power yeah. cord so instead of being connected into a wall, which was sturdy, instead you're just getting these other power cords that are connected, 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 which can eventually cause a fire. Right, right. You know, and it's like, so we, we really need to be careful. Some people treat the anointing like ambulance chasers. You know, they treat yes. ambulances or fire trucks, see where they're going and watch the fire or whatever. Yeah. And, and so they just chase anointings all over town and hoping they catch a little bit, you know. Right. And, uh, but like you said, you know, I think what what was it? The Brians they studied it out to see if it'd be true in the Word, you know, and that's what we have to do is is get down into the Word of God and study, and and lots of times scriptures come to me even when I'm giving words because the Bible says, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee," and whatever's not done in faith is sin. So I want to make sure that the word I'm sharing has faith applied to it or attached to it, so that when I share it, I have the confidence that it's going to. Uh, reach out and, and touch that person with accuracy and anointing to help them in their next step or in the next phase of their life. I agree with that. And, you know, the the whole thing, I think everybody, you know, it says that everybody should should ask, should eagerly ask for the gift of prophecy. They should ask. Yep. 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 Because that's something that is going to edify everybody. Like if you get a word from God, if you have a prophetic word for somebody or word of knowledge, like it, it, it starts something. It, sh- it goes right back to the father, especially if it's like, um, a, a, if they have a sickness or if they have an ailment. Like right. you start to, you know, okay, I, you know, is your leg hurting? Okay, is your, is it your right leg? Okay, <laughs> and it's like you just start going down this like sure, list because the words yeah. are are popping in, and they're just like, well, how, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? And it's like, yeah, I had a it's something that popped in my head. I was at a, a local church here in town, and and I walked by a couple. And this was seven years ago now. I walked past him and I just said to him, you're going to have a baby this year. And the pastor came up to me and said, I know you're very accurate, but I hope you're really right on this one. I said, why? He said, because they've had six miscarriages. And they're just so discouraged and so disappointed. And I didn't actually hear the results. I forgot about it. He forgot to tell me. And six years later, there was their, their child, who was now six years old, they did have a child that year, and he, he had some sort of infirmity or something they wanted me to pray for him and so i did and then they told me they said you're the one that told us we were gonna have this child and here he is you know and it's one of those things where you know it was just as i was walking by i just had an impression and said it and so it's those times that like i said that window of opportunity is so narrow uh you know i wonder because again i never saw them for six years so wow 
But but see, when God has a word, right. like you don't think about it. Like, right. if, and that's the other thing too. I think that when we seriously get a download, as we just release it, like we don't think about it. Right. It because it wasn't us. It really right. came from the Father. So all we had Absolutely. to do was just like free up that extra space in our head. <laughs> Here, let me yeah. just give this to you so I don't have to think about it anymore. Because th- there have been times that there has, there was one time that, uh, and it was when I was first learning about a word of knowledge. I, I mean, I didn't even know what it was called. I just didn't know, but I just knew that I needed to say something to this woman. And I couldn't, I just didn't want to say it. I really didn't want to say it. And I was just like sitting there and I was, I really felt, Jay, that I was going to burst. That's what I felt like. And so finally she said something that allowed me to say what I needed to say. And after I got it out, I went, oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I feel so much better now. I I couldn't hold it. I just really, I couldn't hold it. And when I said what I said, her eyes got big. And she knew it wasn't coming from me. She knew it was coming from the father. But it was like, oh, oh my gosh, I can breathe again. Well, and sometimes you just have to wait. I was in another church here in town one time, and, and I had a word for the pastor that he was supposed to take a special offering for a ministry in our town. And I started to go forward, and God said, no, you wait. He's going to turn around. He's going to point at you, and he's going to say, do you have a word for me? And so I'm sitting there waiting, 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 waiting. He finally turns around. And he grabs his glass of water, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm getting on pins and needles. The service is going on. There's a lot of worship. I'm thinking, I should go forward. And God said, no, you got to wait. And so he finally turned around again, and he got his Bible, okay? And then this time he laid down on the floor. And I thought, oh, no, he's not going to get up forever. You know, the service is going to end. And I'm thinking, I should go up. And God said, no, wait, wait, wait. And literally at like 20, 30 minutes mm-hmm. went by. And finally he got up, turned at me, pointed at me, and said, do you have a word for me? <laughs> I said, yeah, I've had it for the last 45 minutes and just itching to share it. I couldn't even concentrate on the worship because I was just concentrating on that word. But, and then he, he said, that's an accurate word, and he stopped the service, and he took the offering. So, uh, but, but I had to wait, and it wasn't easy. You know, I wanted to share it right when I got it, and God right. said, no, there's a timing on this. So anyway. Well, and, and I think that's the other thing, too. You know, like going back, you know, there are, there are some times that we need to, to hold back. Like, especially, you know, there have been times that, you know, you don't want to, especially if you know somebody is pregnant, but they don't know that they're pregnant. You might not, (laughs) you know what I mean? You might not want to say that, just like you said to that couple, but it was important. But, but there's also windows, windows of time. So, so sometimes you'll get something and you just, you'll want to say it, but you just will feel the Holy Spirit say no. Right. And so you just kind of sit on it until the time is right because they won't accept it they won't receive it but at a later date they might and i think that's that's part that's part of that relationship you know, process i think it's everything if you yeah if there are football fans that are out there you know they the quarterback will throw what it's called a timing pattern and he throws the ball down the field to the receiver and the receiver doesn't even really look over his shoulder it the, he just sticks out his hands and the ball arrives at the moment he gets to the yard line that he's supposed to catch it you know mm-hmm. and uh in the old days we had uh timing mechanisms in our car and it would set the timing we don't have anymore with the computers but uh timing is really important it's really critical and uh knowing knowing when to speak and when to be quiet and when to shout and when to dance you know ecclesiastes talks about a time and a season for everything and that that would include the spiritual gifts too i guess yeah yeah and and i think that's that's the thing is that you know when we 
when we come into this place where, you know, the father trusts us, sometimes I feel like, you know, he gives us this stuff and he trusts us. So even if we make a mistake, if we, if we say it, say we say it at the wrong time, you know, we miss the timing, whatever. God gives us that grace to be like, you know what, I'll, I'm, I'll fix it because <laughs> you, right. you're not paying attention, you know? So I like, like going back to what you said when we first started, it's so important to say it because if right. you're wrong, you're wrong. Right. But if, but if you're right, there's, there's more that can come from it and well, I, and, and, and you're going to grow from it too. Sometimes there's protection. You know, I was just thinking in my book here in chapter 11, there's a chapter called wedding and you read the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was at, I was at this Hispanic church preaching with translation and, one of the young ladies was on the worship team, and I went up to her with translation, and I said, you're dating the wrong guy. He's trouble for you. You need to consider breaking up with him. When you break up with him, your old boyfriend will, will get right with God. He'll come back to church on his own. He'll, he'll, he'll ask you out, and eventually he'll ask you to marry him. And, you know, through translation, I found out, yeah, the boyfriend, they were considering breaking up, and so time went on, and the old boyfriend, uh, the way I know this, the old boyfriend... Uh, came back to church, got right with God, asked her out, asked her to marry him, and I attended the wedding because they invited me. And the day that the, the day of the wedding, the boyfriend that she had broken up with was in jail here in our city with drug charges pending against him. Wow. And, and so, you know, that was a, that was a protection yeah. because, you know, if you're with somebody when you get arrested for drugs, your car is confiscated, your stuff is confiscated, and, you know, you can't get it back. And uh, that's the federal law, as I understand it. So, you know, or she could have been uh, induced to take the drugs, or she could have been, he could have been driving, he could have had a car accident, who knows, you know. Um, and the reality was, she was dating the wrong guy, and, and then she ended up dating the right guy and marrying him. So uh, it's those types of things that you have to share when you've got them. So. Absolutely. Well, you also have a, a chapter about eyes, where the, the Lord said, I want to use you to heal eyes this morning. Now, <laughs> yeah, that was at that was at the church. That's our overseeing church right now. That's our. our in fact, I'm going to be at that church tomorrow. Our, our pastor, Pastor Jim Hart, is our overseeing uh, pastor, and he's. Uh, uh, yes, it was at that church. So, yeah. Wow, that's very you, cool. Do you want to hear that story? Yes, or? I do. I wanted you because cool, not everybody's gotten the book, so I'd like for you to okay. share it if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, not a problem. So. This was like the first two or three months we were attending that church. We were not members yet. We had not gone through any information classes. And the church was hosting, it's called Eagle's Nest Worship Center here in town. I'll give you, I'll give you a little brief history on it. Okay. Maurice, Maurice Hart, there were five Hart brothers years ago, and uh, there was a movie years ago called The Apostle. It was supposed to be called Apostle Hart after their lives, okay? Uh-huh. And, but they added things in it. Uh, I've I forget who was in that. I know Farrah Fawcett was in that movie. Maybe Robert Duvall was in that movie. And but Hollywood changed some things, so they didn't let him put their name in it. Well, Maurice Hart was the driver years ago for Bonnie and Clyde, and he was in Texas, and he he got saved in a church meeting in Dallas, Texas. And Bonnie and Clyde were in the meeting, and he encouraged them to go forward, but they wouldn't go forward. They said there'd be another time. And six weeks later, they committed their first murder. But Maurice Hart got out of that, and. He ended up in Omaha, and he planted this church. And his nephew Jim Hart, who was uh, doing a lot of, was raised on the mission field, but doing a lot of drugs and stuff in Los Angeles, got saved in his uncle's meetings, and he's now the pastor. So we're going to this church, and they're having the Katinas, uh, who is a worship team, I think, out of Central America or South America or somewhere. They're a very Latin group, and um, and on the way up there, the Lord, my my son's in the car, my wife's in the car, and the Lord speaks to me, and this in my in my inside of my head, and he says. I want you to pray for eye problems this morning. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm arguing with him. I go, I don't want to pray for eye problems this morning. We've only been going to this church for two months. They're having a special worship band. You know, I, you know, I don't know how, how the service is going. He goes, no, I want you to pray for eye problems this morning. And I, I'm arguing with God. I do not want to do this. I do not want to approach our pastor. I do not. He's going to think I'm a nut. You know, he's going to think. Who knows what he's going to think? And um, so I'm arguing with God. And I finally said, okay, I'll do it. But I have to run into Pastor Hart. Um, you know, accidentally, or I, I don't want to go chase them down in the building because when you're hosting a group and you got a lot of things going on, there's just there's just too much going on for somebody to approach them, and and I didn't want to go knock on the door and everything else. So when we pulled up into the parking lot, the parking lot was really full that morning, and because of the sing group, and uh, so we went over and pulled over to the right side of the building. We had never parked over there before, and there's a door over there. I'd never seen that door before, and I pulled up right near the door. And as we're getting out of the car, Pastor Hart comes out of that door and walks right up to our car. <laughs> and I said, okay, God, you, you, you had me meet him. So I shared with him what I just shared with you. And he said, I think it's a word from God. I, would, I want you to stay. I'd like you to do both services. I'd like you to pray for eye problems in both services. So as it turned out, I prayed for eye problems in both services. And approximately 10 to 15 people in each service got healed of all sorts of eye problems from, from uh blurred vision and double vision to uh, there was one i think of glaucoma there was just uh um, where you see double there was just all sorts of vision problems that were healed that morning and, and one of them was even the, a member of the band of katinas because he kept in touch with me for quite a while and so uh on tuesday of the next week pastor hart sends me an email and he said jay you need to read this email and so while Apparently, while I was arguing with God driving up on one side of the town, there was a man on the other side of town, and he was kneeling down by his bed, and he said, Lord, if I'm supposed to keep going to Eagle's Nest, have them call out eye problems this morning, have me get well. And he got well, okay? I, I love it. I love so it. So he's, he's on one side of town praying that while God's telling me on the other side of town that I'm supposed to pray for eye problems. And like, you know, I'm arguing <laughs> with God. I don't want to do this. So now I've got to fast forward three months, three months later, three or four months later, I'm at the largest charismatic church in our city here. And it, at the time, it was called uh, uh, Trinity Church. It's called LifeGate Church now. And uh, I was at this church and um, ministering on a Wednesday night in healing. And I shared the exact same story that I just shared with you. And a man in the back of the room raised his hand. And normally, I don't call on people in a service, but I felt that I called on this guy. And, and he stood up and he said, I just want everybody in the room to know that I'm that guy that was praying on the other side of the, other side of the city. And then I said, well, then why are you here instead of at Eagle's Nest? He said, because Eagle's Nest doesn't have service tonight. And there's a service here, and I didn't know you were going to be here. I just came to be part of this service. So he confirmed it four, three or four months later, the story that Pastor, that the email had done, too. So it was just amazing, just amazing to see all that unfold. Well, you know, I, I love I love the fact that he told you to heal eyes, and you're like, no, because sometimes God will tell us to do something that makes us uncomfortable. It makes us it like... It wasn't the eyes that made me uncomfortable. It was going and asking Pastor Hart when we've only been there two months, and they're having a guest, major guest mm-hmm. singing group in for two services. That's, it's going to be all worship, not any preaching. You know, it's just, and I'm like, I don't want to draw any attention to me. I don't want it to look like okay. I'm a I'm an because at that time I was a traveling evangelist, uh-huh. and I've been I've been traveling. I've been in 1,700 churches and 64 different denominations in the in the nation, and I was traveling full time at that time. And I didn't want to draw attention to myself. It wasn't the eye thing because I prayed for lots of eyes before. It was the fact that I had to 
but it's going to interrupt the service to have a healing service when it was designated as a worship service. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> no. I just want to say, I wanted clarity on why. <laughs> it wasn't the eye thing. It was, right. It was interrupting. So, it was anyway. interrupting. Well, you know, right. but still, when, when he tells us to do something, what I'm saying is that it kind of makes – it kind of makes us uncomfortable sometimes, especially. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I interviewed somebody pretty big. I interviewed somebody like, like, and and this person. I'm pretty big. I'm, I'm oh, six foot six and a half. You are six foot I'm six and a half. I'm tall. But, I'm six but, foot six and a half, Jen. But, <laughs> but the Lord, the Lord told me to pray over this person's back. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is this person was, was saying that God healed his back. But I heard the Lord say, and I saw pray over his back, and I didn't do it. Okay. So yeah. Six six weeks, seven weeks later, he was like writing that he was having bad back problems again. I was like, oh, I felt Been there done that, yeah. And I felt so bad. And the Lord told me, He said, I told you, yeah. but I didn't be, because of who he was, because who was who I am. Like I, I, I allowed that to trump what God said. Right. And I, I think that that's what I love is that like in your book, you're like, no, 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 you just do it. You just say it. It's better to yeah. be, well, better I, be I wrong. gave up a lot in the early days, but uh-huh. I don't give them up anymore. I don't, I don't give any ground to the enemy. Again, if I'm wrong, eh, I look bad. But when, when I don't speak, I, I have to deal with God later at home. Right. Exactly. You know? And then he, and he, he basically told me one time, he says, if you're not going to say anything, I'm not going to tell you anything anymore. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And so that was probably an eye-opener, too, you know. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, you know. I'll it, take the risk and I'll do it. So That's right. And so we, so we, we come into this place where we, we get these little ideas. And can you just kind of talk just about, like, what um, – because you know, I think that some people will think like a download is like so much information, but that but that download can be just just one word, and it could oh, also be a command. It could be just like go, stop, right. turn. Oh yeah, no, there's <laughs> been there's been lots of those. Just in, even in driving, the Lord would say slow down, and then a truck came from the other way, and a rock flew out and hit my windshield. Or I mean, it's just been incredible testimonies just in driving. I was at a I was at a a school doing a school chapel. Uh, it was a series of. Um, a series of uh, chapels, kind of revival, had hit, and, and I was the speaker. And there were several things. The first day that I was there, I was praying for a number of the students. It was just one word of knowledge after another after another. And I got to this one girl. She was kind of tall. She was an 11th grader. She had blonde hair. And I, I said to her, I said, um, I, I think purple is your favorite color. She goes, yeah, it is. And I said, well, God just wants to affirm you in it. And she goes, well, what does that mean? I said, well, do your friends make fun of you? She said, yeah. I said, because you're probably excessive with it, right? She goes, oh, yeah, all the time. I said, well, God wants you to know he created it. He likes it. And she, that just made her day. She went around jumping, telling everybody, see, I told you, God likes purple. God likes purple. You know? I love it. And it was, the, it was the word for her. It was very simple. It was just basically one word, God likes, you know, or a phrase, or a sentence, short sentence, God likes purple, and it's your favorite color. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, I remember that day I, was, I told two different students, one what fo- kind of phone they were believing for, and the other one what kind of car they were believing for. Uh-huh. Uh, right now, I don't remember what they were, but you know, right. at the time, it was just like, how in the world did you know that? And I do a lot of student ministry, yes. and words of knowledge grab the students faster than anything. Well, I'm you, telling you, well, it, just, it grabs their attention so fast. You know, um, it's it's so interesting because um, Todd White did a video not too long ago where he was asked to go into a school because they had a debating like club. 
And what they would do is every month they would have a different speaker. And so the woman who taught at the school went to Todd's church and she said, why don't you come and represent what a Christian is? And these kids are going to debate you and ask you questions about what it is to be a Christian. So he agreed to doing it. So he went and these kids who like, they, they debate. So they were ready to pounce on him. And he, and it was so cool because he said right before they were about to ask a question, he heard in heaven, ding, ding. It was like the fight is on. <laughs> and he, this girl right away, hand up. She wanted to ask him a question. He says, he goes, he goes, you can ask your question, but first, can I ask you a question? And she said, okay. And he started to give her words of knowledge about her pain, about her back. And he started to, and nailed every single thing. And she just like, and she got healed. And she totally got healed. He didn't touch her. He just, you know, commanded the pain to leave, whatever. And she sat down. And then somebody else. And then somebody else. And somebody else. These kids were rocked. And I love that that was in, like, that's, like, your heart is, is, is to rock people's world. To right. let them know that God knows them. Right. But be, because this video, because of this video, um, I actually put it on my Facebook page. My daughter actually shared it. And because of it, she actually went to go and see Todd White. Ah, because God had a point. God had a plan, <laughs> you know. But but think about some of these these schools where these kids just don't know. They just right. don't know. Right. I did seven public high schools in Los Angeles a uh -huh. years ago, and it was mostly Korean kids, some black kids, some Hispanic kids, very few white kids, but a lot of Koreans. And um, I don't remember the day, but one of the days, this cheerleading squad came up for prayer, and this one girl was limping pretty badly. And the head shooter said, we'd like prayer because we're, we're supposed to be in the state championships later on another week and, and just pray for us. And I said, well, what about this girl? And she, yeah, she sprained her ankle. And I said, I asked the girl, I said, do you want God to heal you? And this is what she said. She goes, whatever. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, I said, do you, do you think God can heal you? And she goes, she said again, with a lot of attitude, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the way the conversation went. Everything I said to her, she said, whatever. Uh -huh. And I said, I said, well, I think God wants to heal you, but I'm going to need you to do something for me. I need you to, I need you to walk across this room. And I don't remember how far it was, like maybe 40 feet. And I said, I need you to walk around across that room to that round table. And when you get there, I need you to trot back. And she said, whatever. And she, and, and she was in pain. You could see it on her face and everything. But she walked over to that round table. When she got to that round table, I'm telling you the truth, uh, she turned around with the biggest grin on her face, and she ran full speed all the way back. And God supernaturally healed her when she got to that table. And I had a prayer for them, and she accepted the Lord right there on the spot. And that's what the Lord used to draw her in, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I, I can only say, and that, that story's not in my current book, but I can only say, he'll use whatever. Exactly. <laughs> well, to get somebody in the kingdom. So anyway. And, uh, and I... um. It's interesting because they're, you know, my kids are, are both in high school, you know, and I said to my daughter, like, she'll, <laughs> she had this one friend who just came over and she's like, um, she said something about God and her friend's like, are you religious? She goes, well, we're, you know, we believe. And she goes, oh, okay. Now her friend's coming over to my house for the first time and she's like, listen, I'm just going to warn you. Like, you're going to see a lot of books, a lot of books about Jesus. <laughs> I'm just warning you. You know, and but but yet she's had conversations with her friends and she's, you know, she has said, you know, my mom could pray for you. My mom, you know, believes in healing and God has he used her for healing. But more importantly, Samantha has been getting like 
she's been getting words of knowledge about things. So God is like, that's the other thing too. When, when you start to step around this, when you start to, to step into that, um, I guess that flow where the Holy Spirit is moving, like that's when other people start to, to go. And I think that's why some of the churches, like we were talking in the beginning, like when you said that, you know, the, the church that you attended who, you know, talked about the Holy Spirit, you know, <laughs> like there was... Well, once once a year they celebrate Pentecost. That's the year they... That's that's the that's the Sunday they talk about the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, right. they didn't talk about them. So, you know. Well, you know, and it's even, and this is not to say anything disparaging about the Catholic religion, but you know, there are people who, you know, they they're very excited about their child being confirmed and making their confirmation, and you know, I've often said to people like. Well, do you, you understand that they're receiving the Holy Spirit? And they go, yes. And I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head, but the sad part is they're not receiving the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they're they're not. They, and that's that's the problem. And I so I, I went to um, my my girlfriend. I said to her, I said, listen, if you really want your kids to be confirmed, I'll make sure they get the Holy Spirit. I said, well, the church we were at in in Houston that was offered with confirmation. The Lutheran Church there was offered that. Uh, parents could have their children prayed for at confirmation to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit yeah. on that day. And if they didn't want it, then they didn't do it. But the majority of them did it. Yeah. And, and these kids would suddenly get on fire for God and uh-huh. excited about what God's doing and everything else. And something would change in their life, you know. And, um, well, basically they were filled. Well, and, and that's the whole thing. Like, you know, for, for me in, in 2009, I was, you know, I believed in God. I was uh, a born-again Christian. I was water baptized, so I thought I had the Holy Spirit. I did. But when I actually received the Holy Spirit and I started to speak in tongues and I and all of a sudden things just went crazy for me. <laughs> like that was like that's truly when I became alive. That at least that's how I felt. And I and I think that's that's when I started and because I didn't get words of knowledge like until after it didn't happen like right away for me. It kinda like it just kinda slowly started but and it, and it increased for me after that but keep in mind way back in high school i was getting impressions and words and i didn't know what they were about well, and um you know well people I always know. think that you're a psychic you know yeah, because i would right. i would see things i always saw things right and and <laughs> i'll never forget when um this woman I like bright colors i could be psychic delicate yeah, exactly <laughs> i was working i was working in cosmetics i was working at the cosmetic counter and this woman came in and she was a christian and she was a prophet and so we started to talk and everything and i started to share a little bit about some of the visions i had and she goes well you know you're a seer and i went oh okay i had no idea what that meant so i yeah. I, I came oh, back yeah. thank you yeah thank That's you so good. much i goes anything i goes there anything else and she goes yes you're an intercessor i went oh Oh, okay. Thank you. Because I didn't know what either. I didn't want to be like, what are they? That's an interseer session. <laughs> interseer session. That's right. That's so good. But um, so when I went to a Bible bookstore, like I asked somebody who was um, who was the only person I really understood who was a Christian. I said, okay, what what is a seer? Because I really thought that she knew. And she goes, oh, that's that's bad. That's really bad. And I go, what? She goes, yeah. She goes, it's definitely says in the Bible, beware of seers and soothsayers. So that is not good. And I went, oh shoot, that's not good then. And I was like, but she made it seem like it was good. She goes, oh, but you can be fooled. I went, oh, okay. So, so then I decided, well, I'm going to look into this intercession thing. I'll forget about the seer part. And, um, there were five books on intercession. That's it. In the Bible bookstore, five. Uh-huh. And one of them happened to be The Happy Intercessor <laughs> by we Benny Johnson. Book. You ha- It's not a great book. 
We know that book. It's yeah. a great book. It's a great book. But in the in the so happy, you're gonna write this. You're gonna write the sequel, the Happy Seer. The Happy right. Seer Intercessor. Yes. Okay. Inter Seer session. That's it. But she actually wrote about Seer. She put in there about the seer. So that's right. when I, I was able well, to John, go on. Uh, what's his name? Jim Gall has a book called The Seer. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, so. but I didn't know who James Gall was then. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, now I do. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah. So, was, so regarding, regarding the seer, yes. we could say your eyes were opened? Yes, my eyes were. Well, but even as a kid, I would see stuff. Right. And I would also know stuff, but I didn't know how I knew it. Right. But, you know, and, and so... What the Lord kind of shared with me is that, you know, the gifts that we have are given to us at birth. That's why there are people who are psychics because yeah. they, they have this gift in them. They get this word of knowledge, but they're just not getting it from the father. They're right. getting it from whatever is kind of roaming around him, <laughs> you know, how much pizza they ate. The night before. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so that's why I think it's, it's important to always keep our, our focus and, and to spend the time with the father so that we have that intimacy. So where it says that my, my sheep know my voice. So right. we can't be fooled. Right. Because I that's, think that's one of the verses, you know, that I used in one of the testimonies. That's right. In this book. So, yeah. And, and I, but see, that's the whole thing. It's like when we start to really understand the father's voice, well, now we can start to, like you said, learn to discern. Right. And so we can get these downloads and we can say, well, oh. and you think, you think about it, you put, you put six, you put six ladies in a room. Uh, let's say they're in a Bible study at church. Okay, six ladies, and they've. Let's say there's. Let's say there's 15 ladies in there, but six of them just had a baby, right? And all, in all six of them, their babies are one to four years old. I mean, one to four months old. Okay, and and in the other room next door, one of the babies starts to cry. Well, the mom knows immediately which which baby is hers. Right. It's crying. Right. And the other the other five don't even say anything. Well, that's not my child. Right. <laughs> you know. They know the, the, and they've only been around that, that baby for one to four months. Right. You know, some of us been around Jesus for 20 to 30 years. We ought to know his voice by now. So. Well, yeah, but that's if you're spending time, if you hear him talking. Right. You know, right. but, but, Absolutely. but that, that's yeah. the bigger problem is yeah. that sometimes, you know, we, we search for the things, you know, we're looking for those answers. We're looking for, oh, I wish I had a word, you know, like, um, my daughter got called out by Sean Bowles and I, I've kind of talked about this on the show. But when, when she got that word from Sean Bowles and he called her by name, he said things about her nobody knew. Like my husband said, well, did, did he know that she was coming? I go, he does not know me. <laughs> he does not know who my daughter is. He, right. We didn't have, you know, little names that he can go and research. Like right. he, knew our, he knew our last name. He knew our, like he knew stuff that there was just no doubt. But what it did for her it, it just says, okay, God knows me. And well, I see, think... I had, a, I had the same thing. Sean Bowles called me out at Bethel, and uh -huh. it just it propelled my second book to my third, my fourth book, and now the fifth, and it just opened up all sorts of doors that, you know, God used. That was one of several things, but um, the, the Sean Bowles water knowledge, you know. Yes. And, and he said, I have a pastor friend in California. He said that Sean said that I was one of his first ones. I don't know if that's true or not, but he said, yeah, I was this guy out of Omaha. He had this book called Yielding or something, and that was one of my first ones. But uh -huh. you, you kind of remember those things, but uh, it, like your daughter, you know, how would he know these things? You know, I yeah. mean, I guess you could, I guess you could, you know, with Facebook and everything else, if you wanted to somehow go through all the people that might be there and try to memorize all this stuff, but that, right. that seems like it'd be awfully painstakingly difficult and, 
So, well, and, and so I got to believe it was sincere and authentic and real. Absolutely. Okay. Well, the other thing is she wasn't planning on going. She didn't right. register for the conference. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she, her name was nowhere, nowhere. Right. Uh-huh. To, so there was absolutely no way for that to happen. However, I prayed the night before, and I yanked on Daddy's uh, robe for 20 minutes <laughs> during worship. You got to let Sean Bowles give her a word. You got to let Sean Bowles give her a word because she needed, she needed a word. Like I wanted I, her to. I was know. on the opposite end. I wasn't. Even, I go to conferences hoping that I can be in obscurity, uh-huh. uh, stay hidden, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not be identified, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen that day at Bethel. Right. Well, you know, but I <laughs> so, think that okay. So let's let's just talk about something, Jay. Like when when you got this word, okay, it's just like we have to be good stewards of the word. Right. Like as we as we get a word from like a prophetic word that we know it sits in our spirit. We know it's from the father. It, it's not something, you know, brand spanking new. It's just something that we know, like it's kind of been in the back burner. But God is like, no, I'm, we're going to talk about this and we're going to really like this is true. This is really what I want for you. Right. Like we have to we kind of have to steward that that word we have to really start to to sow into it we have to make sure that we are doing what we can do so that god can do what we can't do in order for that word to take place because if you think about it like when we were talking earlier that there are some people who you know they they come and they try to attach themselves to other people and they're living off of those people's words but they don't do it they're not doing right. anything about it. Like, right. you know, they're like, I've gotten that word before. I've gotten that word before. But they, right. so they keep getting the same word. And the reason they're right. getting the same words is because they haven't moved on that word. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I hear that a lot. People say, oh, I got that word before. And it's like, well, when are you going to do it? You know? Exactly. Exactly. When are you going to step out and do something? You know, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that this testimony is in the book, uh, The Birth of Our Son. Yeah, well, that was that was Christmas. That was I, I was gonna, yeah. I was oh, yeah. actually going to talk about that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, you want me to share that story? Of course or? I do. I, it's so funny because I was like, oh, should I talk about that, baby? <laughs> and you did. So there you go. So, Diana and I had been married twelve years, and we didn't have any kids yet, and we had been checked out by doctors, and all sorts of people had prophesied over us, and John Wimber had prayed over us once, and. Rick Godwin, who had a who, uh, San Antonio has a strong ministry for barren couples. He prayed over us two or three times, and, and he prayed for us in groups. And everybody in our group, everybody in the group, got pregnant except for us. You know, it was so disappointing. At the same time, I was battling an incurable disease called irritable bowel syndrome, and so we'd be at prayer meetings. I'd be crying for Diane, and she'd be crying for me. And you know, we can't get, we can't have a baby, and I'm sick, and it's just life's going on. And so we're doing a wisdom search, and and a wisdom search is we were reading. Um, uh, the proverb of the day, and then the psalms in increments of 30. And so, like, if, if uh, what's today? Today's the 20, uh, or today's the uh, 8th, right? Today's the November yes. 8th. And so, you know, if you're reading the, uh, if you're reading the psalms, you'd read Proverbs 8, and then you'd read Psalm 8, Psalm 38, Psalm 68, Psalm 98, and so on. And um, so, um, we were, it was March 23rd, 1991, and, and we were reading the Psalms and the Proverbs, and we came to Psalm 113, verse 9. It says, He makes the barren woman to be the mother of children, praise you the Lord. To stay home and be the mother of children. And when we read the word stay home, my wife was a teacher, and I, I just had an impression that Diane should resign her teaching job in faith, believing that we're going to have a child. Now, 
that's a big step because, you know, if a lady resigns uh, or steps back, it's usually after she becomes pregnant or just before the babies do, not in anticipation that you're going to become pregnant after trying for 12 years. And so we went to our elders at our church, and we shared the word with them, and, and they said it sounds like God might be God, could be God. And then we went to the school board at our church because that was she was teaching at our school at our church there and our our elementary school, and the school board said, sounds like God, could be God, might be God. And so uh, we announced that she would resign her uh, teaching position at the end of the school year. We decided that she would she would keep, uh, for the sake of the children in her kindergarten class that year, she would keep on teaching since it was at this point now April, uh, but she would keep on teaching for two more months rather than bringing in a sub, but she would resign at the end. And, and we were even told that uh, some people would come and try to talk us out of it, which some did. I mean, the Lord spoke to us and said some people would try to come talk us out of it. It was a foolish uh, uh, action. But anyway, uh, our son Jason was conceived on April 6th. And then six weeks later on Mother's Day week, we found out from the doctors that she was pregnant. And we got to announce it in church on Mother's Day. And <laughs> in both services, who had been praying, those people who had been praying for us for years erupted in a standing ovation, not for us, but for God. And we basically got a word of knowledge from a scripture verse. That's awesome. And, and But we had to act on it. We didn't just sit on it and go, oh, well, that's a nice verse. My point is, we didn't sit on it and say, well, we'll just keep teaching until, you know. We went to the Board of Elders, went to the school board, and then we made a decision at the end of that school year she would resign. And she did, And of course. And uh, she, she didn't go back to teaching until he was in uh, first grade. And so, um, you know, we had to act on the word of knowledge and not, like you said before, and so people get a word of knowledge and they get a word of knowledge and they get a word of knowledge, but they don't do anything with it. You know, I tell people all the time, people come to me and say, I don't know the will of God. I don't know what I should do next. I said, do the last thing he told you until he tells you something new. Right. And lots of times he's not going to tell you something new because you haven't acted on the last word. Yes. And I, and I definitely agree with that. Like, because, well... You know, and it's funny because the the chapter of, of that with with that story with you and Diane is called Christmas. And what I'm hearing right now is put one foot in front of the other <laughs> from from Rudolph the Red. No, from Santa Claus is coming to town. Right. <laughs> and it's like sometimes we don't know how to walk it, but we have to put one foot in front of the other. And soon we'll be walking across the floor. Right. And the word of knowledge was Christmas night. I went out and looked up to heaven and I just said, Merry Christmas. It was mm -hmm. in Houston. And I said, Merry Christmas, God. It was a clear night, and God just spoke. I said, Merry Christmas, my son. And that was the first time I'd ever heard the words, my son. And he could have stopped there. I just, it, was, it was the best Christmas present I ever got. But then he said, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to give you a pastor that's going to surprise you. And, and you know, the healing, it was in that order. I was healed on June 1st of 1991 because uh -huh. this was Christmas night, 1990. And then Jason was born December 28th of 1991. Oh, it was and a then, Christmas present. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. so cute. So anyway, uh, and then uh, the pastor came the following year after that. So, uh, it, you know, it, it all fell into place, and it happened exactly like he said it was. And, um, but again, we had to, we couldn't just sit around and wait. We had to be actively engaged in the Word. Well, and that, I think that's the whole thing. You know, if you, if you sow into it, which you did, I mean, right. you know, your wife resigned. Diane resigned right. from a teaching right. position right. because she believed Right. That that was that was going to come to pass. And I think sometimes, you know, it's kind of scary. Right. It, it really is kind of scary. But I mean, if you really even think about like Abraham, 
Abraham was told to pick up his stuff and to move away from his family because God was going to bring him to another place. And he had a better vision for Abraham than what Abraham had for himself. And so in faith, because Abraham had great faith, he was able to to do the things that God had asked him to do. He was able to take his son and go up and, 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 you know, proceed to sacrifice him because he knew he knew because of what God had shown him that the promise that God had shown him that he was going to be the father of many nations, that that Isaac had to live. He didn't know how. He didn't right. care about the how. He just knew. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I think that's sometimes like, you know, we... Well, I think it's, I think it's with anybody. Noah building a, an ark. In yeah. The so, Absolutely. You know, what are you doing building this boat? There's no water within miles. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, and that's an awfully big boat for the littlest lakes, the biggest lakes we have. It's not even a fit. You know, it's like crazy stuff, but God told him to do it, so but, he did it. So. And that's the whole thing. It's that when, when God has something for someone, when he has a word for someone, I think that we... We have to we have to be good stewards of the word, but we we have to share the word, even if we're doing it afraid, because God will will start to correct us. And you know there was <laughs> there was one point in my life where you know when I was first starting with words of knowledge, people would come over because I was starting to say things and things were starting to happen. And so you know then they started to ask me stuff. Well, is this going to happen? Oh, is this going to happen? Is this? Gonna? And I would sit there and I would pray in tongues and I would think like. Oh no! Yes, it's going to, and it didn't happen. And I was doing this for a little while. I was thinking to myself, "Huh, I'm not getting it. This isn't working." And so the Lord said to me one day, He said, "Lisa, He goes, are you a psychic?" I said, "No, Lord." He said, "Then stop acting like one." And that was it. Like I didn't, I didn't say anything unless the Lord told me. Right. Like if He told, like just like you said to that woman, I got nothing. Right. But if I get something, I'll give it to you. Right, and that's that's always been my philosophy. If I have something, yeah. I will share it. But if I don't have anything, right. I refuse to share just to share it. And again, you know, this new book I'm writing, Stop the Hype, because there's so many people that are just got to have a word, and if it's not a word, and I mean, I was just in one church in the Illinois one time, it was similar, and I was and I was praying for people, and nobody was falling over under the power of the Holy Spirit. And this lady goes from the back of the room, she goes, well, he doesn't have much power, nobody's falling over. And so I just, since she said it loud enough for everybody here, I just stopped and I addressed it. And I said, you know, Jesus says there's an evil and adulterous generation that seeks a sign. I said, I don't care if people fall over, if they laugh, if they shake, if they right. cry, if they quack like a duck. What I care about is that the pastor writes me a note or they write me a note two or three weeks later and here's the fruit as a result of the prayer ministry. You know? Right. And so, you know, sometimes people are just kind of strange and you've got to respond to them biblically. You've got to say, that's not what the Bible says. You right. Know? And or this is what the Bible says, and you're acting the other way. And uh, to help them under, bring an understanding and learning to discern what, what God is saying. So. I love that. I think that's great. So when is this book going to be ready by, Jay? I hope, it's, I hope it's out in 2017. Okay. Uh, I've got a publisher. I've got my publisher in line. I've got some people to endorse it and different and do a forward. And it's called Stop the Hype, Release the Power. And, it's, you know, it's, I see so much hype, in, especially in the area of finances. Uh, just so many things. I, there's something on Christian TV just a couple nights ago. This church, they said, if you'll send in, everybody who will send in $333 oh, is going to get sakes. a 1,000% increase. Everybody. That's okay? just, yeah. 1,000% is $333,000 yeah. per person. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why doesn't this church just sew into themselves? They'll get their own <laughs> $333,000, you know? Just have the pastor do it. Right. That would be enough. That would probably cover the, what they need right exactly. there. Exactly. You 
And I'm like, this is just crazy. I'm so tired. Buy if you give me a hundred dollars, you get a certain prophecy. If you give me a thousand dollars, you get an amazing prophecy. And I was right. like, charging. When where's it saying the Bible we're supposed to charge for prophecies? That's just you know people pushing people over and just I'm so tired of all the hype. So tired of the hype. Well, I I do agree. And you know it's it's interesting because like some of the you know some of the stuff that people have have spoken about. Which I, I just I just didn't understand a lot of it, but like like say for instance, gold dust. You know, people are like oh, gold dust, gold dust, gold dust, and I'm like, uh, whatever, yeah. <laughs> and but then all of a sudden, like I saw gold dust, and I was like, holy! And I wasn't in a church. I was in a I was actually in a Cuban restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> praying over, praying over. Um... That's that's really funny because I shared a testimony yesterday in church. One of them was a healing testimony at a restaurant, and another one was with a realtor. And I, you know, each place I said, you know, God likes to heal. God likes restaurants. He shows up there and heals people. You he know? does. So, he so totally does. He showed up does. with gold dust in a Cuban restaurant. He likes he to do did. things and. You know, and so, oil, and oil. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the the it was a couple. The gentleman had an oil slick on his forehead. <laughs> And and there was gold dust everywhere, including on my husband's nose. It's like the funniest story. It's such a great story because he wouldn't, my husband wouldn't acknowledge it. Stop it now. Stop it. You're just being ridiculous. I'm like, seriously, you have a piece of gold dust like it's right on your nose. Do you know that God allowed it to last? Now he took showers and everything. He allowed it to last because we went out to dinner on a Friday. The couple came back to do my show on the, the following Tuesday. <laughs> And so the couple's back and we're we're talking everything and the the wife looks at me, she goes, Does Rob know that he has gold dust on his nose? She goes, I saw it. As soon as I walked in, I start cracking up. And I said, Yeah, but he won't acknowledge it. Well, he's, he's trying out for a new part in the in the Christmas praise Rudolph exactly. shiny nose. So, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, you know, but those are the kinds of things like, okay, so if that can happen in a restaurant, then I know it's really from God. Because what was the point? I wasn't asking for that. I wasn't searching for it. We weren't talking about it. It just it just happened. Sure. And it was like some of those fun things. But I, I completely agree because the very – the hype, the, the hype on that is that we had, I was part of an email list, and I won't say which one for sure. a while. And this guy was claiming that these, these, these jewels were appearing and everything else, and he offered to send them to anybody on the list. So I said, okay, send me one. He sent me one. And then he had to post an apology like a month later that his pastor had caught him doing all this because none of these rocks had appeared at their church. He just made it all up. <gasps> and, it oh. was, and it was pure hype just to make him look good, you know. Oh, and that's so like, sad. It is. Why, do, Why? you know, if God's not doing it, just accept the fact that he's not right. doing it in your realm, okay? But right. don't try to make it happen so you look good. Then now suddenly you're God and God's not, you know. Exactly. And, um, you know, and you want the power, and you want the authority, and you want the claim and the fame and all that stuff. And you know, he's supposed to get the glory. You know, so. absolutely. And I think that the what what you're saying, uh, and this is something the Father <laughs> kind of talked to me. He says, "Many are saying, thus saith the Lord,' and I'm not saying thus." <laughs> Right. <laughs> you right. know, and I think that, and, it, and, they're, and they're talking about a different Lord. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. I, I mean, it's but there has to be a calling out. There right. has to be a coming clean and a calling out because there there's work to be done. We don't have time for this silliness. I know. It's just I had a. Uh, I, I want to share the flip side of this story. Uh, I was in Des Moines, and um, I was praying for people, and in that in that church, they were falling over. And this little lady came up, very very petite lady, and and she said, "I just want you to know, I don't believe in this, and here's here's a whole bunch of reasons why it's not going to happen." And and she talked for like five minutes and gave me a little dissertation in front of the whole congregation, and I just sat there and pleasantly listened to her, and I I just turned my hand over 
in front of me like a gesture. I said, okay. That's all I said. And she immediately fell on the floor. <laughs> and she was out for the whole service. And at the end of the service, three grown men could barely pick her up and take her out of the foyer. She was so heavy. And so, you know, the other story was, he doesn't have much power because nobody's falling over. In this case, this lady says, I don't believe in this, and it's not going to happen to me. <laughs> all I said was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and God just showed up, you know, yep. put her on the floor. It was like, it's his deal. I never touched her, you know. She just stood. She was like five feet away from me as she was talking. So I love it when God just does stuff. Absolutely. Know? And honestly, like the the very first time I ever got slain in the spirit, this woman barely touched my fingers, and I, I went to the ground. And, and then I decided well, to go back up with my dad. And we went to this other person, not to the same person, we went to a different person. She was trying to push me down. I wouldn't go down. Because yeah. I'm like, wait a second. For, <laughs> I'm tall, like I said before, I'm 6'6". Six, six, and so I, I have people put their hands face down, and I put my hands underneath their hands. And as I'm praying for them, I generally pull my hands away from them, so I'm not touching them at all. And they go down uh, a lot. And I have videos even where I, I called a, in a very large church in Minnesota. I just asked people, I said, whoever has never fallen under the power of God, or maybe it's only happened once, come forward. I thought maybe 30 or 40 people would came. 300 people came forward, okay? And in, my, in the first chapter of my second book called Willing to Yield, there's a whole story about this guy who fell. And I, I wasn't, I just asked the Holy Spirit to come, and people started falling all over the building. They had catchers. And the first chapter is a guy who got healed of asthma from falling on the floor. Wow. For the first time. And uh, his whole story about how that happened. And, and God took away his asthma. Uh, and he's still a friend of mine to this day. That was like eight years ago. And, uh, so, you know, God just, God will use us to manifest his presence if we'll stay out of the way. That's and, right. Uh, and that, and, but he also wants to partner with us. Right. Oh, yeah. I if agree. we're willing, if we're willing right. to right. do it the way he Absolutely. wants us to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I didn't, I didn't even want it, you know, it was in that same service I called out eye problems. Right in the middle, God said, wow. I'm going to call out eye problems in the middle of the service. 53 people got well of eye problems that morning. Right in the middle of the service. I just said, stand up. If you have eye problems, place your own hands over your own eyes. And I pray, floaters was one of them. I, I think uh, most of them were floaters that morning. Just like 50-some people got well of floaters. And I had a bunch of people come up to me afterwards that I never knew we could pray for floaters. I just was figured it was something as you got older, you had to live with them. Wow. And so he, see, that's the thing. We, uh, I'm so frustrated about this because one of the things that I, I truly feel is that when the sons and daughters take back their authority and we start to rule and reign for what Jesus did at the cross because he gave everything back to us. When we start to to rule and reign, then sicknesses isn't going to be what it is. Like we're not going to have to like die, you know, we, if we if we do go home to be with the Lord, it's not going to be because of sickness. It's not going to be because... Oh, I've said that for years. Yeah. Strong, Strong Thurman was a senator in the U.S. Senate and he was from South Carolina. He died in his sleep at age, I believe, 102. Yeah. And he just fell asleep and he didn't wake up. You know, I said, that's the way we should go. Exactly. And, and I have a lot of people, and I say, the reason you don't believe that is most of your friends die sick. So you look at them and you think that's the way you're going to die. Right. That's not, what, that's not what the Bible says. You don't have to die sick. No. And, uh, you know, but they just assume it is because everybody else, they're all the friends either die sick or in an accident or whatever. And um, I don't think that's accurate at all. So I, you know, John Osteen used to say, Joel Osteen's uh, father was a casual friend of mine in Houston. He used to say, I'd rather aim high and and make it than, I'd rather aim high and miss it a little bit than aim low and make it. (laughs) Oh, that's so so great. So, so Jay, the last thing I want to talk to you is, um, and I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing, but you were actually on the Elijah list back, back in March of uh, 2016. (laughs) It was a prophetic word. 
do 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 you feel okay to to kind of talk about it? Which prophetic word was that? You'll have to remind me. I've been okay. on it more than once. It was once, a so. it was a dream. It was an Obama dream. Because he's no longer going to be our president. So I kind of feel like it's okay. I've had two Obama dreams. They're both on my blog site. You'll have to remind me further. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. I'm I'm going to it right now. Uh, It's a new season for many believers. Releasing the spirit of the power. Hold on a second. It's the dream of President Obama. Let's see. I put... uh, Here it is. Uh, I have lots of presidential dreams, which is... I mean, I dreamed all the way back to Kennedy. Kennedy... Praying for me, praying for my son in a dream. I miss this crazy stuff. Wow, that's so cool. Well, this is, you were sharing about a club, and you told me to be careful handling, let's see, uh, picked it up and brought it into the room. It's something about a club that you were actually in the White House, and you had, and you were talking about the political scene, and you had a meeting with Congressman Brad Ashford um, and your books. That wasn't in the dream, though. That wasn't? Brad Ashford's no. Okay, the president then responded so. saying, see, I told you how fast they can appear. Yeah, the Brad Ashford's not in, the, in that not part of that dream at all. I know that's not true. Okay. I, mean, Brad, I met Brad later. Last night I had a dream about President Bush. They were dressed up, and I was somewhere in the White House sharing with him in Oakland alone. Hold on. We were talking about the current political scene, about my meeting with Congressman Brad Ashford, and I had my Bible and notebooks with me, plus my okay. four published books in a club of some sort. At one point I was sharing about the club, and he told me to be careful when I handle such an object as oh, yeah. the Secret Service was all around. It would appear in a moment right. if I picked it up. Right. And I thought I had already picked it up to bring it to the room. And so at this point, I was behind him. And I picked it up to show him some of the fine details on the surface of the club. And immediately, a Secret Service agent had my arms by my back. And I was held yeah. in restraint. And uh, the president then responded saying, see, I told you how fast they can appear. And immediately, the Secret Service guy let me go. And I showed the clubs to the president. And then you offered to pray for him. But his response was, it wouldn't do any good. That's the thing. Like, I, I think that's so the father's heart that he really shows shows us sometimes in dreams that right. that how a person truly feels about themselves, their unworthiness, their like I, I just think that that was very I thought that was very, very sad. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and, and often, you know, uh, I've met with some governors and one of the governors I, I met with, you know, I suggested to him that he asked me a question. I said, well, you should ask George Bush 43 that question, not me. Uh-huh. And he goes, and he said, well, I don't even know him. I said, well, just reach out to him. He'll respond. Well, then I met with that same governor like a year later, and he came to me and he goes, hey, I'm friends with George Bush 43 now as a result of your influence. you know. And it's just a matter of encouraging people to step out and do something. And like you said, I, you know, I, if you had told me about the, the dream of Obama, I would have looked it up and remembered it. I just, so many things happened, and, and that was a while ago. I just for, kind of forgot about No, that's about okay. That. I, I have but, it. I, I pulled it up. But, that's why. But you're right. He didn't want, he didn't feel any, the prayer would do any good in the dream. Now, what, whatever that was about, whatever God was trying to show me, I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, you know, I haven't personally had an opportunity to pray with President Obama. Right. I did write, I did write him a letter, and I got a generic form letter back, but, um, it wasn't about that. It was about something else. It was an encouraging letter. I wrote him an encouraging letter. But I just feel that we all have opportunities, either through dreams or visions or the Word of God or a word of knowledge or a prophetic word or a word of wisdom to actually speak into somebody else's life and make a difference. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I think that all we have to do is just say, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. And so... You know, I was praying with, 
you know, a legislator here in the area, and I had a word of knowledge in the middle of the prayer about something going on in Washington, D.C., and this legislator just is, I, I prayed my eyes open, and his eyes flew open, and he, I could tell, he's like, had this inquisitive look, how did you know that? And I just stopped, I said, God just told me that, you know, <laughs> nobody, you didn't, none of your staff told me this, I didn't read about it in the paper, you know, this is just a word of knowledge, you know, but it grabbed, again, whether it's a kid in high school, a girl with a cheerleader with an attitude of whatever, or a, or a congressperson or a governor, a word of knowledge is going to get their, get their attention really, really fast. That's and awesome. uh, when when we bypass them, when we don't share them, it's like, hey, God's. There may be people listening right now saying, I get words of knowledge, but uh, right now they're just for my, you know, for my mechanic and for my electrician, or whatever. Well, God said, share it with these people, and I'll open up bigger doors. That's so, right. So, yeah. what is it? Uh, to whom, um, if if you if you're good with the little, then He's going to give you the yeah. more, right? Too much is given, much is required. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So now, Jay, if people would like to get in touch with you, they can actually go to Anointed to Go. Is that dot com? Yeah, that's my website, Anointed to Go dot com, or you can Anointed to Go at cox c o x dot net is my is my email address. Um, my books are available from me. There's four books: Downloads from Heaven, Willing to Yield. Kingdom Encounters and uh, Well, 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 which was Well, Well, Well was endorsed by Sid Roth and Randy Clark. It's on miraculous healing and medical healing. It's just a fun book. You can get them on Amazon or Kindle or whatever. I'm on Facebook. Find if you find Lisa on Facebook, you can you can find go to Jay. her friend's page. You can find me. Okay, that's e- that's the easiest. <laughs> that's way, the okay? easiest way to do it. Yes, and also you have some great CDs and some teachings that people can also um, get. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, I can share that. I don't have a list in front of me right now, but yeah, I, you know, my idea of copyrights is just, you know, if you're getting something, share it with somebody else and copy it, and share it with somebody else and copy it. You know, my idea of copyright is you have the right to copy it. So. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I just thank you so much for for coming on Touch by Prayer. I mean, I loved, I, I just love the way that you teach. Um, I, I got to listen to um one of your teachings, which was Shine Baby Shine, or as I like to call it, Joy Baby Joy, because there was so much joy in everything that you were talking about and how you were sharing and how you share the love of God. It is. It's not only refreshing, but it brings a smile to your face. So, and I, and I just, I, I just thank you so much for, for coming on the show and sharing about Downloads for Heaven. And when you release your next book, I'd love for you to come back on and talk about that. Cause you know what? We need to stop the hype. Yeah. I'll be happy to do it. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. And like I said, if you guys want to connect with Jay, you can find Jay West on Facebook. You can go to my page. You can find Jay. You can also send him a message. You also can go to his website, which, hold on one second. I just, uh, I just yeah, had I could, it. I got it. Our church website is kingdomencounters.net. Okay. And, uh, so it's a very unu- it's a very different church, very different. We don't pass the offering plates, we don't do announcements, we practice the gifts of the spirit. It's it's a fun place. So anyway. And that's and to me that's fun. So I definitely want to yeah. eventually come out to uh to your church because I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. Church awesome. Would be fun, so. Awesome. So if you guys want to connect, you can also go to anointedtogo.com. You can also find um Jay's books on Amazon and also at your Can you can you find them on Amazon or is it only through All your right. website? No, you can get Amazon, Kindle, iBook, eBook, iTunes, Audible, and they're in some bookstores around the nation. But actually, they're they're actually cheaper for me, uh, and there's no tax with me, so they're cheaper and, and shipping's cheaper too. But you can get them on Amazon. Where Kindle's the cheapest if you like Kindle. Kindle's the best. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, and and God bless um, you and Diane. And I look forward to to having you come back on the show 
as soon as your next book is done. Okay. God bless you. Oh, God bless you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that this has encouraged you. Remember, if you got to download, don't be afraid. Go out and share it. Thanks again for tuning in. Remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.